that we would seek to serve you in all things. And so, Father, I ask that you'd give us wisdom, you'd give us uh, an anointing of the Holy Spirit, and, Father, you'd give us hearts to receive the words that you have for us. Father, would we help each other to live before Jesus by faith and before none other. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so uh, we're in this kind of end part of Romans, which is mostly about laws. It's mostly about laws. It's mostly about uh, how do you play out the gospel that we've been talking about for forever? How does it then translate into real life? And so uh, we've had a lot of laws recently. Uh, We're actually skipping a few of those laws, Romans 13, 8 through 14. So those laws talked about uh, the call to love one another in the name of Christ, to love one another sacrificially, and also to be pure, to run from sexual immorality, to wake up and run from sin and run to loving others and run to Christ. But today we are not talking about laws, at least not, not in the same sense. That there are clear, distinct, black and white laws in Scripture. And then there are things that are gray. There are things that are matters of opinion, matters of conscience, matters that aren't firmly laid out to do it or not do it. And those are the things that we're talking about today, the gray areas. And in those areas, there's a, there's a lot of quarreling in the church. And we can tear each other up, we can create laws for one another, we can create laws for ourselves, we can, we can abandon our conscience and run after things that we are not called to. And so the, the question today is, is how, do you, how do you work with those gray areas? All right, to give some examples, uh, things like, okay, what worship style is best at a church? It's a gray area. We, don't, we aren't told that. What are you supposed to wear to church? What are you supposed to wear to church? Uh, what movies are you allowed to watch? What music are you allowed to listen to? Are you allowed to drink or not drink? These are gray areas. These are matters of conscience. And most of all, in these matters, Paul is teaching the people, he's teaching the people to, to live by faith. To live by faith and to love one another well, and not to tear each other apart about things that are not clear laws. And so, in this, in this chapter, we're going to see three things. We're going to see three things, very clear commandments. Refuse to judge another man's servant. Refuse, refuse to judge God's servant. The servants of another. Focus on your own faithful servant to your master. You have a Lord. You already have a Lord. Focus on serving him. And then finally, third, go help each other live by faith. Help each other live by faith. That we are all called to be faithful servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not to be lords over one another. Not to create laws for one another. But to help each other faithfully serve Jesus Christ. So with that in mind, let's read all of Romans 14. This is Romans 14. And read with me as I read aloud. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, 
while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. And let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day is better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes a day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he also gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself. None of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord, both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, therefore let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it is unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let, you re- let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned by what he eats, because the eating is not from faith. For whatever that does not proceed from faith is sin. All right. There's a lot there. A lot there. So, uh, let's jump right into it. First of all, when it comes to matters of opinion, refuse to judge another's servant. Refuse to judge another's servant. Look at verses four, 1 through 4. As the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. Let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. For God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on another man's servant? It is before his own master that he stands or falls. He will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. All right. Before we go any further, we need to recognize there are rules and there are opinions. There are opinions. That's what it says in verse 1. Not to quarrel over opinions. Now, some of us don't believe there are opinions. There are. There are real opinions. 
And the things that are optional tend to be things that are external, things that are outside of us. All right, things, things outside. So what do you eat and your drink? Outside in. What are you allowed to listen to? What are you allowed to watch? What are you allowed to wear? All right, these are external things. And we've had instruction by Jesus on these things. Jesus says that you are not made unclean by, by things coming inside, but things coming outside, things coming up from your heart. That if you are unclean, it's because your heart does evil things, says evil things, thinks evil things, feels evil things. And that the things outside of you cannot corrupt your heart. That the things out there are good, it's our hearts that are evil. And that's where Jesus, Jesus, when he came, he was able to do things that we, we wouldn't expect him to be able to do. That he ate with sinners and tax collectors, and he was not corrupted by them. That he was best friends with prostitutes, and he was not led astray. That he went to Samaria, the land of false theology, and he was okay. He gave them good theology. He didn't come back with terrible theology. He came back safe. He came back actually having glorified his Father and with greater joy for entering into those places. And so, there really are things that, that, are, black, that are, are black and white and things that are not. And those external things cannot inherently corrupt. And we have Christian freedom. We have freedom to interact with this good world without fear of being corrupted. But, but, in this case, there are people in the Roman church. There are visitors in the Roman church, and they don't feel that freedom. In particular, they don't think they can eat meat that is, is unholy, is unkosher, is sacrificed to idols. They can't do it. That for them, they feel like it would, go, it would be an offense to God. There'd be a rejection of God. And so in their weakness, they cannot eat it. And what does Paul say? Paul says, you know what? Welcome them. Welcome them into the body. And not with this ulterior motive of trying to change that. Like, oh, oh, they have this false, false theology. They have this false belief. Yeah, come on in, and, and we'll turn all of your convictions into our convictions. We'll, we'll get you, you straightened up. No. He says, leave the gray areas to them. Let them be. Let them lie. Leave them alone. Now, what does he also say? He also says that they're wrong. He says, is there, is there any theological grounding for only eating vegetables in Paul's eyes? No. No. There's no reason they should have to do that. All right. Is, is there any law that says that you're not allowed to eat meat? No, there is not. There's no legitimate grounds by which these people are only eating vegetables. But Paul says, even so, let them do it. Leave them alone. Why? We feel so much pressure to save them and like, no, no, they need their freedom. We need to show them right theology. We need to, we need to tweak them a little bit so that they're free. And what does Paul say? He says, don't do it because you are not their Lord and you are not their master. They already have a master. 
They already have a Lord, and they are serving him. That when they don't eat meat, meat, they're doing it to God's glory. And they're doing it out of obedience. And they're doing it with great joy. They're not being legalistic. They're not trying to get a one-up. They're just trying to serve the Lord. And he's saying, you know what? That servant is serving their Lord. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. And as soon as we try to step in and change their convictions and change these gray areas and convert them to our way of thinking, we're enslaving them to ourselves. We're turning them into, into our servants, not the servants of the Lord. All right, do we buy that? And that's where, like, you, you don't have to be responsible for some of that stuff. We take on all this responsibility. We need to save people. We need, to, we need to get them to change their opinions. No, we don't. We really don't. The Lord can do his work. And I think that that's kind of been my, my conviction throughout these, these past couple weeks. So we talked about giving grace to our enemies. Giving grace to our enemies. And we're like, but, but I need to make sure they're convicted. I need to make sure that they repent. Like, no, you don't. You need to show grace to your enemies. God will do the rest. Last week, we talked about submission to authority. We said, well, no, no, we need, to, we need to change what they do. We need to, no, you need to submit. Because they are servants of the Lord. They're not servants of you. And this time, God is telling us, like, no, no, we, we, we want to we change people's opinion. No. God can change their opinions if he wants to. You, you just need to love them. You need to help them, not judge them. All right. Next point. Next point. You are too busy to judge one another. All right. You are too busy to judge another man's master because you already have a master. That you are to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and you are to do it with utmost conviction and fullness of faith that if you have anything to worry about, it's you and your master, not them and their master. You are too busy. Look at verse 5. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats eats in honor of the Lord since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. All right. It's not that these gray areas don't matter. It's not that they don't matter. It's just they're between the person and God. And you all, if you put your faith in Christ, you are the servants of Christ. And you are responsible not just to the law. We are not responsible just to, to, to check box, box the law. We are actually responsible to do everything with, to honor him and everything to love him. And to make sure that if we listen to Kanye in the car, that we do so for the utmost glory of God and to honor him. All right, like if that's, if that's what you're choosing to do, do it for God's honor and do it with great joy, but you can't do it half-heartedly. It needs to be done with full conviction and to honor the Lord, whatever you do. All right, and that's where, that's where there aren't commandments that say, do not listen to music with profanity. There's no law there. 
There's no law that says thou shalt not watch Game of Thrones. There really isn't. It's not there. There's no law that says you, you shalt not wear shorts to church. Those laws are not there. And so, you're responsible for figuring out what you are going to do personally. Not what, what am I allowed to do. What will personally honor the Lord in my heart? What will personally honor the Lord in my heart? And if you want to make a rule for yourself that says, I shall not wear shorts to church, you have that prerogative. You can say that. And you can say, you know, if, if I wear shorts to church, I would be dishonoring the Lord. That my knees are offensive to Jesus and like they shall not be shown. God help me or like I'd be struck down. All right, that's fine. That's fine. That, that is your law. Please do not wear shorts to church if that's your conviction. But you got to stop right there. You can make that law for yourself before your Lord, but you can't tell anyone else to do that. You can't tell anyone else to do that. Because there are other people who are fully convinced in their own hearts that when I wear shorts to church, I am embracing the freedom I have in Christ. And when, and when God says, come as you are, I come as I am, and I am hot on the bottom. And so, like, I, so I go to church, and like, that's who I am. And like, I, I'm standing before my God, and he fully accepts me. All right, if that's their conviction, you don't get to make a law for them. But that's what we do. And we say, you know what, I'm more spiritual because I have pants on. And like you, you are, you are displeasing the Lord by having shorts on, and I'm going to shame you until you put some pants on. That's the reality of what we do. And the, the fact is, there, there's no place for that. And that's where, that's where we need to know, we need to know what this really means. What is that law that you created for yourself? The no shorts law. That's called a weakness. That is called a weakness. It is a weakness in your own heart that you don't have the freedom to wear shorts. And just because you are weak doesn't mean that someone else is strong. The problem, though, is that we, we turn them into strengths and we uphold our laws that we made and we start putting other people under them. All right, so let, let's, let's go very practical. Um, maybe you are too weak to watch Game of Thrones. You are too weak. That you are prone to sexual temptation and lust, and for you to watch that would be bad for your heart. Or maybe you're, you're prone to violence and anger, and so it's bad to watch that. It would be bad for your heart. You'd be tempted to sin. But that's a problem. That's a weakness with your heart that nothing can make you sin in your heart. It's that your heart loves those things and gets excited to see them, and then your heart says, yeah, that's what I want. I want to sin. Let's go do that. That that's a weakness. That is a weakness. That is not a strength. And we can be honest with our weaknesses. We are weak people who love things that tempt us and draw us away from the Lord. And you're responsible for knowing your personal weaknesses. But don't turn your weaknesses into laws for other people. And that's where if we look at Jesus, Jesus could watch Game of Thrones. He could. 
and he would not be corrupted in his soul. He would actually be able to worship more. And he would see the evil that it is. He would see the good and evil and, and come out more sanctified as a result. Now, I, I give you this warning. Your hearts are deceptive. And we're prone to think that we are a lot stronger than we think we are. And so if you think you are incredibly strong, you might be deceived. But that's between you and your Lord. Now, maybe this seems kind of nitpicky. Who, who cares? Why should I have to think about everything that I do? Test everything that I do to honor the Lord. Why can't I just follow the commandments? And that's where we look at verse 7. None of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. All right, we care about all this stuff because you are not your, you're not your own. That Jesus Christ died for you and Jesus Christ rose from the dead to purchase your soul, to purchase your being. And now he gets to decide what you do with it. He gets to decide. We are, we are bought at a price. And so we owe our whole lives to Jesus. Without Jesus, we would not have a life to owe to him. And he gets to tell us. He gets to tell us what to do. And then Paul takes it one step further. Why do you pass judgment, verse 10, on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For you all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then all of us must give an account of himself to God. All right, you were too busy to judge another man's servant because you are going to stand before your judge. You're going to stand before your master. And he's going to ask you to justify the gray areas. He cares about every second of your life. And you say, if you were listening to Kanye, like, were you doing it to my honor? If you were wearing shorts, was it to my honor or for your honor? If you're watching Game of Thrones, was it for my honor or for yours? And we need to test our hearts. We need to test our weaknesses. We need to know what the Lord is convicting us of. That we can stand before that throne and not be ashamed. All right. So I've given you a lot of things that you shouldn't do. All right. Don't judge. Be with... Don't... Know, know the things that you're not supposed to do. But this last one, this last one is a positive one. Instead of doing all of that, we are supposed to protect one another from stumbling blocks and help each other live by faith. Help each other live by faith and to serve the Lord. Verse 13. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it is unclean. All right, so we recognize that theologically, nothing is unclean, but for, for people in the congregation, people in this body, 
there are things that are, that are struggles. And there are things that are weaknesses. And we don't bear those things lightly. We want to help each other in our weaknesses. And that's where, where Paul tells us to do two things. First of all, the strong, the strong, the strong should not flaunt their strength in the midst of the weak. You cannot flaunt your strength in the midst of the weak. Verse 15. If your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. So what is he saying? He's saying that the strong can flaunt this freedom. And they can live free and they can throw out their theological arguments and then give a bunch of reasons to the weak why they should do the thing that they, they feel they, they're not, they don't have permission to do. But in doing that, they're actually tempting the weaker brother. They're tempting their weaker brother. Or they're, or they're insulting the weaker brother and saying that they're stupid and that, well, why do you want to serve the Lord in this way? It doesn't make any sense. Or, or we do it openly and, and draw people into our strengths. And in doing that, we tempt people to sin. And these black and white, these gray areas, these gray areas have then gone into black and white territory. You've just broken a law. The law to love your brother. The law to love your brother and sister as yourself. The law to help one another love the Lord Jesus Christ with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. We need to be careful with these strengths and willing to sacrifice those strengths for the sake of, of loving our brothers, these ones for whom Christ died. Are we willing to, to love our brothers and put these strengths, these, these glorious good things, behind us. All right, that's kind of the more negative one, but there's a second one. There's a second one. Secondly, the strong need to protect their strengths from the judgments of the weak. The strong need to protect their strengths from the judgment of the weak. Look at verse 22. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. All right. There are people who are going to judge you by what you do. And weak people can't see strength. And so the weak, they like to put laws on people. And they like to poke holes at your strengths and question your heart and question your motives. And so what does Paul say? It's, like, it's, a, it's amazingly simple. Don't tell the weak people what your strengths are. Don't tell them what you do. Because you don't have to submit to their judgment. 
And you don't have to open yourself up and say, oh, well, is this okay? And then they, then they poke holes in it. You don't owe them an explanation. You owe your Lord and your Savior an explanation. That's it. And if you do submit to those people and say, oh, here, like, here this is what I do, they're going to create doubts in your mind and doubts in your faith. And soon they're going to turn your strengths into sin. And then to make you doubt the things that you used to do in faith and in joy to the glory of God. They'll turn your worship into, into sin. So don't show it to them. You don't need to submit to their judgment. All right. Last, last point, last point. The hard part about this is that at, at the end of the day, we do a lot of things we should not do. And we talk about the gray areas, and we don't even do the black and white things well. And a lot of times, we do things that we know we shouldn't do. And we know that the Lord hates. And so it seems like kind of a moot point to be talking about this stuff. But that's where we are, we are not under the law. We are not under the law. We are under Christ. And the law can enslave you, and the law can judge you, and the law can condemn you. And we're not under people. You're not under one another. You're under Christ. And people will judge you, and people will not give you grace, and people will not see good as good. And I remind you, we are under Jesus. And Jesus is gracious, and Jesus is loving, and Jesus sees good for what good is. And that when Jesus, when Jesus did this, like, okay, Jesus was up in heaven. Jesus was up in heaven, and he was free from any needs. He was free from any weakness. He didn't have to submit to anything. He saw all things as good. Everything was good in his midst. He was in, in heavenly bliss. And what did Jesus do? Jesus came to be weak. And Jesus came to sacrifice all of that freedom and submit to his own laws, which he had created. And to get tired and to get hungry and to, to be kind of imprisoned to the, to the laws of the Pharisees and the laws of the people and to submit himself to these stupid rulers who put him on the cross but he did it for us. He did it so we could be free from those things, so we could be free from, from sin and death, so we could be free from the law, so we could be free from the, the tyranny of other men. And when Jesus came back to life, he was giving us freedom. Now that freedom will be ours when the, when the new heavens and earth comes. There'll be freedom from sorrow and freedom from tears. Freedom from the sin in our own hearts. And we'll be free to worship God and enjoy this creation without anything getting in the way. Now, for the time being, Jesus is asking you to give up the things that tempt you. And he's asking you to give up your strengths for the sake of your brothers. Yeah, he's asking you to, to give up things. He gave up far more. 
and he's going to give us even more and more and more to come. So do this because you love Jesus. Because you love Jesus and you love your brother way more than you love your freedoms, way more than you love your strengths. Because you love Jesus and you serve Jesus and you want to please your master. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he does everything better than we do and he has done it perfectly and not just done it better than we do, he did it for us. That he gave up his strengths and he became weak and he submitted to your laws. And Father, I ask that you would give us wisdom to understand our weaknesses. I ask that you would free us from judgment of one another. And I ask that we would just love to, to be servants of you and to help each other serve you according to their convictions. Father, would you give us joy in sacrificing things to love you? And would you give us a great love for one another in the body? That we would love you as an act of, of service. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the freedom that you give us. And thank you for the freedom to come. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.